Well, welcome everybody to the Blofeld podcast. We're your hosts, Alex and Tucker, back after a accidentally long break. Yeah, an unexpected <laughs> so hiatus. In the in the only the se- I will take full responsibility for the second time <laughs> in the history of the podcast. We recorded a really, actually, really fun podcast a couple weeks ago. We uh, we fired a blank. We uh, yeah, and about ten minutes after we finished, I realized that our recording software that we use uh, was not actually on, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, so Tucker and I basically just had a very fun forty-five minute conversation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which was nice. Yeah, would have been nice, you know, for folks to have joined for but, posterity. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll get you next time. <laughs> we'll get you next time, but uh, it was a it was a great topic. I'm sure we'll revisit yeah. it. It was kind of yeah, a lot yeah, of talking yeah. about why young folks may may not be as interested in cars. But yeah. Um. Anyways, so Certainly, this week, yeah, I can revisit it. If 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 there's any audio quality issues, I apologize in advance. I am currently working off of hotel Wi-Fi. Uh, because I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, and I'll explain. And because you're, and because you're a cheap ass, you probably didn't opt for the executive package, high no. speed, hundred dollars. You know, per day. I would have, but they didn't have. They didn't have the option. If they're, oh, they're, this is the first hotel I've been in in a long time, where there wasn't yeah. like a base internet and like a ten dollar a day. Yeah. You know, it's like. The base internet. You can download a JPEG in two minutes. <laughs> yeah. the, the actual internet you want, ten dollars. Yeah, a day. you can. <laughs> you can download an NFT. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, we'll explain why I'm in a hotel uh, in yeah, Birmingham, Alabama, of all places, good, yeah. shortly. But we did want to touch on, um, obviously, first race of the F1 yeah. uh, season in Bahrain, the Sakir uh, Grand Prix circuit. Um, yeah. Leading up to it, we had testing also in Bahrain, um, and there were some surprises, some not so surprising things coming out of testing. We saw that the Red Bulls were fast, the Ferraris yep. were fast. Probably the biggest surprise was that the Aston Martins in testing yeah. were very fast, but uh, unfortunately, the McLarens looked slow. Yeah, um, the Alpines looked fairly slow. Uh, Mercedes yeah. was kind of <clears throat> in the middle. Um, so testing, you know, there's always the question of like, are teams sandbagging? Or are they willing to show their actual right. pace, et cetera, right? But, you know, honestly, a lot of what we saw in testing is what we saw in the race. Um, yeah. Red Bull, I will say disturbingly fast. I know. <laughs> like worry, worryingly well fast put. in that I think if they don't have mechanical issues yeah. or there's not a weird accident or a rain race, walk. they're just probably going to walk the field yeah um you know they there was a pretty i think max ended up winning the race by like 57 seconds yeah um so roughly he was gaining a second a lap because i think it was 57 laps he's getting roughly a second a lap on the second yeah. place car um kind of yeah. disturbing because that's a huge amount I mean, of time in f1 world yeah I mean, it looked like a look like it might be a little bit close in the in the beginning, obviously just because of the start. But mm-hmm. but then uh, he the just second quarter was freaking gone. Yeah, and then you kind of knew like, okay, here's here's what we're dealing with. Obviously, 
you know, Sergio had a little bit more work to do, but he, mm-hmm. he got it accomplished too. Yeah. Um, I did. I did have the thought in my mind from last, because of last season, I was like, I wonder if Max will get out to this lead and then have like a power unit failure or something, you know, something. Right. Oh, I know. He just, he walked. I mean, I was. Yeah. Out, they, they, they were not, they were not the team with reliability issues. Um, no, unfortunately, <laughs> Ferrari picked up where they left off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say this though, like, you know, um it's it's kind of like we've seen with Mercedes in the in the dominant era. Mm-hmm. It's, it can be boring racing, but there did seem to be some, you know, like really good fights between Ferrari, uh Aston Martin. Um, yeah. you know, Mercedes is is probably a little bit behind those guys as well, but uh, yeah, you did see some fighting between them as well, but they were basically like losing places. So, yeah, it was interesting. You know, I think where the fight, well, where I think we're probably going to have the most enjoyment in watching the races this season will not be who wins the race. It's going to be. Uh, who's going to be second, the second or third in the constructors' championship? You know who's yeah. who's going to be mixing it up, trying to get that third place on the podium. Because you know, yeah. George Russell came out after the race and basically said he doesn't see any reason why the Red Bull cars won't won't win every race. Yeah, and they're that much well, and even better. <coughs> yeah, and even Lewis came out and basically. You know, he was complaining about this is what I said they needed to do with the car. They didn't do that with the car. Like I know what mm-hmm. I what I need to see in a car and what I don't want to see. Right. And so it's it's kind of like what I said to you. You know, it's years ago. It's it's very easy to be um, this kind of you know gracious um, individual yeah. right. when when everything is just like you Thank know you the. the the silver line, you know, it's like everything is just hunky dory. Right. And uh, when things are, when things are tough, <clears throat> think, you know, kind of the edges get frayed. Right. And so I'll, I'll be interested to see, because, you know, when you look at Mercedes, they've been a very, um, like a well sorted machine. They right. work well as a team. They're very disciplined, um, head down, get the work done. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, there might, maybe this is related to, you know, kind of like the, the divergence they took with their car in terms of its engineering mm-hmm. and um, like the side pod issue and stuff. Yeah. And so maybe as they get these kind of, as they, as they, well, I would say, um, revert to the mean and bring mm-hmm. the car back to like a little bit more of a standard configuration, like the rest of the field, yeah. maybe they'll see that. And you can't fault them for trying to do something different, but yeah. There's Sometimes also a point where, yeah, you got to kind of cash in the chips. Well, and, and uh, you know, I think Lewis looking at it looks at it as like, I, I'm at a point in my career where I can't be throwing away a season or half a season. Yeah. And yeah. whereas George can be a little bit more sanguine about it and say, well, it's Mercedes. I, I've, I've, you know, I know we're going to get it sorted. If it takes a year or two to get this car where it needs to be, I'm still Which is what he said, man, yeah. You know, um, yeah, exactly. the interesting thing to me was with Mercedes specifically was Toto of all people came out and kind of grenaded the team. Uh, he basically said, like, yeah. 
you know, at this point, we should probably just scrap this car and, and get ready for next year. Mm. Um, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but it that is kind of his implication. You know, what is interesting about that is, um, <laughs> and it's, I, I don't know, maybe I'm generalizing a little bit, but when you kind of look back when Mercedes was really putting the screws to Red Bull years mm-hmm. ago, um, you know, as insufferable as Christian could be at times, he he generally, you know, uh, projected his ire at the other teams. Right. And, uh, you know, they didn't seem to, like, shit on each other yeah. too much as a team. They kind of just, like, laser-beamed Mercedes most of the time. And were right. like, oh, they're cheating or they're... <laughs> well, I, no, you know, I, your, or Marco your point, would come out and say something outrageous. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean your your point's well taken. I mean that's that's the thing. You know, if you want to get in a closed session with your team of engineers and be like, "We are fucking this up," I would yeah. understand that, and, and that's probably you know appropriate. If it is, if you're just way off the mark, <laughs> be like, "We have to do a hard reset here, guys, and rethink this." But you don't air your dirty laundry like toto did i don't think i think you you go out and say you look we're going to put together an upgrade package we're going to continue to try and improve this as much as we can that's what you can you know that's what you say publicly regardless of what you're going to say behind closed doors to your engineers and your aerodynamicists and your chassis people and whatever um i am still i have to confess i am a human being and i still am enjoying the suffering a little bit (laughs) Um, coming off of you know a decade of dominance, yeah, I still am enjoying it. I, I don't want to torture the guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a que- I have a question for you though. Based on the first race, do you think Williams finishes ahead of McLaren this year? Boy, I mean, I was actually I I said that to my wife when I was watching. I was like, oh my god, look at Williams. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I mean. You know, of all the underdogs that you'd like to see that, uh, obviously, you know, I I root for Haas, just mainly for Gunther, because he's just like such a goofy guy, and you want him to be, you want him to do well. And, right. Um, and it's an American team involved in the sport, but Williams is really kind of felt like, you know, a team that has, has been off the rails. They've done a lot of restructuring, you know. Mm-hmm. The family ownership has kind of gone out the yeah, window. Claire was kind of owned last season, yeah, two seasons ago. Owned by this like investment conglomerate. That yeah, Doralton is probably like, well, what the hell do you know about racing? Right. And now they seem to be kind of getting things squared away. Um, they've got good partnerships. You know, you Alex is looking really good. Yeah, yeah Logan exactly. Sargent, like, the oh, American driver, only American driver in F one. He actually had a great yeah, yeah, initial exactly. race. Honestly. Yeah, he did. He got 13th. <laughs> I know. I was not in the points, but I mean, his qualifying was really solid. He made it out of Q1. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, he, he, he didn't fact, though, that, make himself look bad at all. Yeah. The fact, though, that you're posing me that question as we compare ourselves to 2022 is, I think, what really indicative of, Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what happens, though, you know, for a team like Aston Martin to be at the top and kind of competing and having a third, you know, place finish. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to vacate that space. Right. And and in part, it's been Mercedes. But but really, to have a team like uh, Williams move up. Right. Somebody's got to have fallen into the kind of like 
you know, the backfield right. and well, back markers. We kinda and knew it's kind of stunning that it's McLaren. I mean, I feel bad. Right. But um, well, we kind of <clears> knew in, um, when they debuted the cars leading up to preseason testing, you know, every team kind of debuts their new car, shows off delivery, et cetera. The uh, team principal for McLaren basically was already saying, like, essentially, we know this car is not where we want it to be. We're going to be working hard. It's like, to me, that is like stunning. It's like, okay, you haven't been allowed to test this car yet, yeah. aside from computer simulations. So we knew this thing wasn't working in the computer simulations. Why is why did yeah. you continue developing this? <laughs> like, why didn't you just change yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, and I think I think one of the real problems here for you know a team like McLaren, you know, that's not. <clears throat> They're selling very high-end cars that are performance-oriented, that are very motorsports-focused. Right. And it's kind of like I said, you know, I don't remember what season it was, but, you know, where I think they were in the UK, Hamilton was coming across the line. They're, they're all the Pirelli blow-ups. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like and, three seasons ago when, yeah, like when yeah. Lewis was down to three tires, basically, for the last lap of Silverstone. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and it just was like, this is not... This is a this is an for the brand. disaster, mm-hmm. right? For the for the Pirelli brand, I mean, you're in Formula One to prove like we've got the best tires. Right, they're blowing up on people, sending people into the wall. Right, <clears throat> you and I, you know, see our we don't really want to put the P Pirellis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're like I don't think I want those on there. Yeah, no, uh, and that's I think the the real challenge that like McLaren's facing right now mm-hmm. is. You know, they're not delivering on kind of the promise that, you know, in some ways I kind of thought with Zach, you know, there's this concept of if we can fix the racing, people will buy the cars. Road cars. Yeah. On the retail side. Right. So then that's maybe true. But what happens, you know, when you guys are shitting the bed on the racing side? Right. What are what are people's impressions of your right? Does it actually tarnish be? the brand to the point that people are are like, well, that connection doesn't yeah. seem legitimate to me really anymore? Yeah, and when you know when you're a company that has like you know Haas or something, and you've got racing components, and you're involved in other motorsports like you know whatever, mm-hmm. you know we recognize that they still make good you know racing components and. Right. Um, you know, high-end performance parts and stuff. And so there's like still, it's, you know, it's not completely damning. Right. But uh, it does make me a little bit nervous, right? Because, I mean, they've been, you know, fighting for survival. Right. Um, been kind of for some time now. And cash infusions. <clears throat> it kind of makes me wonder if they are headed in the same direction that, you know, Williams was mm-hmm. a couple of years ago where there's going to be like a mega shakeup. Like whether... Right they continue to exist or whether they i don't know I don't well even, i mean i, I, I don't think know what's gonna i think after this year i mean if you look at in the last three seasons mclaren has basically slipped at least a spot every year and and this year is looking even yeah. worse since so i think at a minimum zach brown may be gone yeah after this season yeah. you may may need a reboot yeah, you know and obviously it's early in the season and there can be upgrade packages and stuff that'll come yeah. but it, it's not good i do wonder how much land is regretting setting that long-term deal yeah 
Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I know. So the other side of the coin, if you're talking British car manufacturers that are using motorsport for prestige, Aston Martin <laughs> is. Well, is, there you go. You know, and their car. So this is like pretty standard. It's common in F1 in general, but it seems to be a, a standard control <laughs> tactic. So when he was yeah. running Racing Point, prior to becoming the Aston Martin F1. Yeah, exactly. He basically <laughs> copied Mercedes car uh, from the year before. And Racing yeah. Point was very competitive that season. And after a couple of crappy years at Aston Martin, this year he's copied the 2022 <laughs> Red Bull car, and they know, get third with Fernando Alonso. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll figure. Yeah. Somebody basically said, you know, um, what they say: uh, imitation is the sincerest yeah. form of flattery. So, so yeah, so uh, uh, Christian Horner came out and said that, and apparently I didn't hear this comment, but someone was talking to Helmut Marco, who's you know one of the the high high up executives at the Red Bull team. And uh, yeah, it says Wiley. Stuff. Yeah, he said uh, it was nice seeing three Red Bulls on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't hear that. Either. You know, but, you know, the car oh, saw to be driven. It was really fun seeing Fernando fighting. He fought Lewis yeah. to get, you know, to gain a position. And yeah, exactly. Podium. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, I will seeing a character like Fernando with a car that can be competitive. I think is uh, going to be a lot of fun. I think so too. I mean, you know, obviously the guy still has, and that's kind of what I was saying to you, you know, if you put these guys in a good car, they, they can, can sell. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's been doing this for a long for time. So freaking long. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of fun to see, you know, you had like Kimi Riken, you know, who, who kind of aged to a point where he was collecting, a you know, it's like, okay, we, <laughs> Yeah, we just and he wasn't didn't seem too enthused by yeah. the whole thing. Fernando, Whatever, you can tell but... he absolutely <laughs> loves it. Like his yeah, passion, yeah, he's back his with a when they when they did so well, oh, yeah. it was like you could see he was rejuvenated. You know, yeah, exactly, and that's really fun to see. Yeah, so it was. It was. I I agree. I'm looking forward to seeing what his arc is going to be throughout this season. Right. And credit to Lance Stroll who got six for Aston Martin. I mean, he was yeah. he was two weeks out. Um, surgery for uh, yeah m- for a wrist like in- a radius for a wrist injury. He had a wrist fracture. Uh, he had some other. He actually injured both wrists, but only one needed surgery. Hmm. So the fact that two weeks later he's yeah, driving a Formula One car with you know the amount of yeah putting up some nice points, putting up nice points. The amount of uh, you know a lot of people were thinking Mick Schumacher or not Mick Schumacher. Um, who's their reserve driver? Oh, they're thinking they might get Vettel back for just the, the one race. Oh, He's yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know. But he got in there and and boy, that well. actually would have been really Vettel and Alonso on the same back. team. And just he just like torched the field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been actually really kind of yeah. Cool. I mean, Vettel had some decent well, results with a terrible car last year. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Lance is, you know, obviously over the years, kind of at times been a little bit of a punching bag out there. Mm-hmm. So it is nice to see him with some earned success and some good points early yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, season. at the end of the day, that there's no doubt the guy can drive. You you can say that he's there because yeah. of his dad's money, but at the end of the day, the guy can drive. Um, yeah. So yeah, so it was, you know, yeah, it was boring if you only cared about the winner, but it was actually kind of an interesting race, seeing kind of where everybody's at uh, at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, Totally, I think we're back totally. another couple of weeks um, uh, mm-hmm. the next GP, but 
Um, so we'll be talking more about that when the time comes and, and see if any teams uh, make some early tweaks. Uh, I know usually it's like the third or fourth race of the season. We get, they get their first kind of major upgrades and stuff. So we'll see how it shakes out. Um, but uh, kind of switching gears to uh, why I'm currently using yeah, my AirPods okay. in the hotel room. <laughs> yeah, your current location. current location. So I am in... Please elaborate. <laughs> I'm in Birmingham, Alabama uh, at the only official Porsche uh, Porsche driving school in the country. So Very there's cool. experience centers in LA and uh, Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, but those are not driving schools. Those are um, kind of, uh, the, the nomenclature gets a little weird, but they're kind of experience centers in that like you can yeah, you can go there yeah like your pay money to drive around kind take of, delivery of your car deliver your car um, you can go and essentially test drive a 911 or a Cayman or whatever around a kind of a small handling track and stuff like that this <laughs> is the only race course that they work out of they do a lot actually a lot of product launches uh, are done here north american product launches for certain cars um are done here and uh this is where the race school is uh so um last year um my buddy our buddy dave uh did this course and he he when he came back he said dude you've got to do it it's amazing like you're cool. you're among your people <laughs> it's a bunch of car guys yeah, yeah. you know you you the instructors are great etc and you get a ton of track time and so you know, I talked to my wife about it and, and she, she was on board with it. And so, uh, so came down here and, you know, I was, uh, I had looked at doing it, um, kind of middle of last year and it was all booked up already. Um, so the classes, the I, bet, I bet post pandemic, I bet the interest level oh, yeah. on this stuff has just gone through the roof. Yeah. And, you know, like trying to get European delivery is next to impossible right, right now on anything because everybody right. wants to, well, and, get the hell out of their house yeah absolutely <laughs> and and you know the class sizes are capped so you know it mm. cl- when when mm. when they fill up they fill up and they're done so um yeah and they do enough different courses that if you want to do this specific course that i'm doing you know it's not offered every day it's you know offered maybe once or twice a month something like that um sure so uh basically the course consisted of it's a two-day course which uh, so a little bit more intensive than the one-day courses that I had done at Road America before. Um, and it was a little bit of classroom stuff in the morning, kind of driving, you know, racing theory, driving theory, um, stuff that I was fairly familiar with. But they actually introduced some concepts that uh, really actually were very helpful hmm. um, in terms of, uh, you know, when coming out of a corner, when you can back you know, how, how you get back on the throttle and, you know, gotcha. trail breaking okay. and things like that, that really were not discussed all that much at, at the road America course. Um, okay. and so a little bit of classroom work in the morning, but honestly out of, uh, you know, we were, were there from basically 8 AM until four thirty, And I would say you're in a car. Uh, what's that? Eight and a half hours. You're in a car for probably six hours of that. Sweet. Um, so it, Very it's actually, cool. it, it's extremely fun and actually surprisingly tiring. Um, 
Not huh. as much physically, but your concentration level and focus level is so yeah, high. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so half the day you're doing, um, well, so there's morning and afternoon sessions and you have lunch splitting it. So in the morning, in, in each session, morning and afternoon, you'll do half the time uh, on um, uh, off the track, but in cars doing uh, kind of various, basically car control practices um things like you know kind of figuring out trail breaking you get on the skid pad and you you get you know figure out Mm -hmm. how to how to control oversteer how to control understeer um and they do they set up a an autocross course uh, and so you're doing an autocross in a 718 uh cayman uh and uh and kind of working on various things um there so that's what you do for for half the morning, half the afternoon, and then uh, the other half of of each of those sessions, you're out on on the full course at at Barber Motorsports Barber Motorsports Park, um, and it's it's actually a phenomenal course. Um, ton of elevation change. Um, you know, there's sixteen yeah. sixteen or seventeen corners. Um, okay. So it's I think it's actually got more corners than road america but it's a sure. it's about it's like quite a bit shorter than road america so it's a much oh okay the kind of yeah it's an intense the, the straight the straightaways are fairly short and you're doing mm-hmm. you're mostly doing turns at i feel like the the steering wheel is straight on the car for maybe 10 to 15 percent of the entire gotcha. course like okay. you're doing a lot of work you're working yeah um <laughs> Cool. And uh, <laughs> the tires, tires are doing a lot of work. Your, your, uh, yeah, your, your leg on the dead pedal is kind of bracing you. That's doing a lot of work because um, none yeah. of these cars have carbon buckets. They're all you know sports deep. So you're you are slipping around yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah, sure. So we drove um, the, the kind of the staple car, the one that we spent the vast majority of our time in, was a 911 Carrera GTS. Um, what'd you think? phenomenal i mean that that okay. car is i'm convinced more than you would ever need for the road but probably you know they yeah. always talk about the gts being kind of the sweet spot as you know the 911 mm-hmm. that can really do a bit of everything for you at, at a you know, quote-unquote reasonable price point compared to say a turbo s or whatever mm-hmm. and i think that's probably true honestly i mean that thing on track okay. wasn't absolute blast it was fast um it the handling was phenomenal i mean the the amount of grip that you had was so much more than you realized the first lap or two you did um and the instructors were excellent about really kind of dialing it up at an appropriate speed so you know your morning session the first day you know you're you're you kind of were like, gosh, I'm kind of reaching the the extent of what I think I can do, you know, to keep up with the instructor. But then, you know, they keep teaching you, you keep refining some things. And then the afternoon of the first day, we were going even faster. Um, And so the GTS, wonderful. Um, And it was, it was interesting because, the type of cars we drove, you really could start feeling the differences. So we drove a GTS, drove a 911 Turbo S, um, 
So quite a bit different car, about four or five hundred pounds heavier, all-wheel drive, a lot more power, yeah, more horsepower. Um, yeah, what did you think about that? What did that translate to in your on-track experience? So, uh, so uh, preface this by saying that I didn't. We only drove um, the GTS and seven eighteen Cayman GTSs on day one. And day one was sunny, beautiful. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Day two, it this was raining. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I only drove the Turbo S yeah. today when it was raining. Um, that being okay. said, you could definitely tell some significant differences. So, you know, you did feel the weight um, for good and bad. It, mm-hmm. it felt like a, a more solid car. You felt a bit safer. But mm-hmm. when it came to... Uh, when you started braking, you had to start braking a little bit earlier, irrespective yeah. of the rain. You just yeah. had it was a heavier car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to brake a little bit earlier. Um, you had to be a little bit more delicate with the throttle modulation coming out of a turn. Yeah, because you bet. cannot just hammer down. They could put put down some serious power. Right, because if 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 the <clears throat> you know it's not like an old school turbo car where like the boost takes forever to build like. Yeah, but there is a little bit of lag, yeah, and if the it's pretty quick comes on, yeah. and you're not pointed where you want to go, you're not going to get much <laughs> of a chance to correct that before you're going where yeah. you were initially pointed. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't, but what I it, don't doubt because uh, what yeah. was really impressive about that car, even in the wet, <clears throat> was once you got through the apex of the corner and got back on power. It was a, a slingshot. I mean, okay. he, one of the instructors yeah. actually said, you know, we kind of, with the turbos, you actually drive them a little bit differently. Like, most of the time when you're going through a tight corner, yeah, you're true. doing kind of a nice, smooth <clears throat> arc. It's like, honestly, the, we're not going to teach you this because it's not applicable yeah, across yeah, yeah, yeah. all the cars. With the turbo F, I think I know what you're going to say. Best way to do it. <laughs> To go deep in a corner, break the car, get, around get it yeah. turned the direction you want. Get around that damn corner. And then hit it. Go. Uh, he, he referred to it as a diamond pattern because you're basically coming yeah. in at an angle and and then just getting it, getting that back and turning. Basically, like breaking through most of the corner, right. turning and then, and then hammering the shit yeah. out. Um, but that's yeah, that sounds about so, right. You definitely could could feel that, um, and yeah. and it could get away from you. I mean, you would think the all wheel drive is, you know, yeah, it could control, control that. that. And, and, and we did have yeah. it on the wet setting, uh, and and it that being you know we're on we're on Pirelli P zero, so it's a summer sports tire. The amount of grip you mm. had, even when it was it was coming down pretty hard to the point that there was standing water. There was like little, you could see kind of little rivulets going across the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The amount Jeez. of grip we had was surprisingly good, especially what was surprising. Okay. Under acceleration, it could get a little bit squirrely, but it was always squirrely. predictable. It yeah. wasn't like it would just snap on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. What impressed yeah, me, Like a rear wheel right. drive or something with, with way too much right. power. But what impressed <clears> me <throat> was all the cars, the Turbo S, the, the GTS, under braking, incredibly stable. You would think it would kind of dance a little bit. You know, the rear would get a little. Yeah, weird. yeah, yeah. Under hard braking, huh. incredibly stable. It it actually gave me Did, a lot of confidence for like. If I get a little bit nervous when I'm driving on, 
you know, the highway mm-hmm. and it's raining pretty hard. I don't want to hydroplane stuff. Yeah. Modern tire technology. And again, we're talking about a summer sports tire. As long as you're doing a yeah, reasonable yeah. speed, it's able to really yeah, yeah, expel yeah. a lot of that water out of the grooves. Yeah. And, well, you know, and that's just something that like you wouldn't learn unless you were taking stuff to the limit. Yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't, you don't understand the bandwidth you're working right. with until you're like pushing that's exactly it, it well beyond what, well beyond what you'd be doing on public right. roads. And then all of a sudden you're informed, right? like truly informed on what the capability. You know, I was really nervous that's really about good. today being, because I hate driving in the wet. Yeah, I was yeah. really nervous. You, you sent, you, you sent me those texts and I was yeah. like, that is going to get canceled. Yeah, I was really nervous. <laughs> but honestly, I probably got more out of today's session cool. in some ways yeah. than I did yesterday's because yeah, yeah, what the car is capable of in the, I mean, the, the speed, we're probably taking turn, yeah. just because of learning the track, learning some of these skills. We were actually probably doing some of our corners faster in the wet today than we were yesterday morning in dry. Um, and huh. uh, just because wow. we had, you know, <laughs> the tie, the, that was how much the car did, did both, did both the turbo, did both the turbo S and the GTS have carbon ceramics? Uh, all of them did. Yes. The only cars that okay. we drove, uh, that didn't have carbon ceramics on track was the 718 Cayman GTSs. They, they, they had steel rotors. Um, and what did you think about that difference in braking experience on the track? Minimal. Did you, did you find that there was some fade? Yeah. I, suppose. No, I mean, I, you know, you weren't, weren't pumping in like, you know, 10 laps in a row. Yeah. I think, you know, we were doing, I'm trying to think we would, so basically what we would do is we'd go out and it was lead follow. So it'd be an instructor mm-hmm. and then four of us. And we would gotcha. each do yeah. two laps of the track. And then on the front straight, we rotate. So the the car right behind the instructor would pull out to the left on the front straight. All the other cars would accelerate up behind the instructor. And the person that had pulled out would tuck in behind. So everybody get a chance gotcha. to be right behind the instructor, see exactly what they're doing. Um, and so we'd each do two laps. Typically we would do eight to 10 laps per session from what I can recall. Uh, and well, per timeout on track, each session on track is usually two runs. So we were doing 16 to 20 laps in the morning, 16 to 20 laps in the afternoon. Um, times two days. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, so that, you know, when it, the interesting thing was what I found, you know, the Turbo S obviously gets all the headlines because of how fast, fast it is, 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds or something like that. And just yeah. crazy, right? The car that I enjoy, enjoyed driving the most on track was mm-hmm. was the Carrera GTS um, because yeah. of the weight difference. It just felt so much more nimble. If you wanted it, you wanted to make yeah. a mid I mean, and, and that's kind of good. And, just had that i I think that's kind of what speaks to i mean i obviously you know didn't didn't opt for these things but i was just uh, before i came down here i was talking with my wife about the 911t build that's going into production Mm -hmm. now um if carbon you know if the carbon fiber buckets had been available i might have gone all in on the te sure 
you know, done the lightweight buckets, deleted the rear seats, put on a carbon fiber yeah. roof, um, and and just had that lightweight playable car because so many people who've owned way more cars than I have <clears throat> spent a lot more track time, mm-hmm. you know, have Autobahn access in Germany mm-hmm. really talk about the importance of that and how with the 911 and its, you know, rear engine, mm-hmm. um, that is a lot of freaking fun. Yeah. And so it's cool to kind of hear you echo that with um, a couple days yeah. out on the track. You know, it, where you really, it, what was fun was, so when I, I've taken my car to Road America, it's a really big track mm-hmm. and it's good for high horsepower cars like mine. Mm-hmm. But it, <clears throat> I didn't really get to feel the dynamic differences that a 911 brings versus, uh, say, a mid-engine car. On this track, mm-hmm. because it's a little bit tighter, a little bit more technical. Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah you yeah. really, you know, you, you one could. of the things I always heard about 911s, you always wanted to be slow in, fast out, because you wanted to get your braking yeah, down. put the power down, through. exiting the corner. You've got all that weight on the rear That's axle. exactly right. So you've got, it up. as soon as you are back on the gas, wherever you're aimed is where you're going to go, because it's going to grip, because you've got that weight <laughs> over the rear axle. And, yeah. and you know, in truth, modern 911s, the engine's kind of crept forward over the generations, but it's actually quite yeah. closer to a mid-engine at this point. But it is still a rear-engine car, and you could absolutely feel it pull hard out of a corner, and and, and the grip was there. I mean, I I never once... Compared to the 718. Compared to the 718. Yeah, the 718 was a little yeah. bit more playful. You could get the back end to rotate. Mm-hmm. really easily mm-hmm. um depending on when you put the power mm-hmm. in 911 even in the wet i never once got a traction control intervention mm-hmm. i never once got a squirrely wow. feeling that's why coming out of a corner and why that is i'm <laughs> i'm fairly ginger i think probably with the accelerator like i yeah i'm i'm making yeah, yeah, sure I'm, I'm kind of yeah. rolling into the power more smoothly i'm not just jamming on it like i think some yeah. people out there were and getting away with it because they, they had the traction um but yeah. uh that was it was cool getting to see like oh this is what the 911 is about like that that mm. idea of that's cool we're yeah. gonna trail break into the corner ease off the brake once we've you know once we're approaching our apex we're slowly back on the gas once we got the car pointed where we want to go then we're hard on it because we've got the grip um and that was super fun um very so cool. you could see even as different as the Turbo <laughs> S and the cool. GTS are in some ways, you drove them the exact same yeah. way. You took the same lines, mm. you had the same expectation of what they were going to do. It's just you had to brake earlier because it's higher yeah. horsepower, so you're reaching that corner at a faster speed, and it's more weight to bring to us to slow down. Yeah, yeah, um, now the, yeah. But then you've got the power to get. And then you've got the power to get on it, and knowing that that's where you're going to really make up your ground. That thing on a straightaway was devastating. <laughs> well, I mean, it was so. Yeah, bad. I mean that. That's exactly. It's it's funny you say that because I'm trying to remember. You know, the Car Wow guy did this really interesting episode at um, Spa mm-hmm. with a GT. I think it was a GT3 mm-hmm. and a Turbo S, and they basically were tied. Yeah across the finish line maybe the turbo s was a little quicker Mm -hmm. or i can't remember but it was like way closer than you think 
even though like you saw the kind of the turbo s wailing its way through these corners right. like once that thing got on a straight it was effing yeah, gone yeah. well it's like um <laughs> if you ever watched videos it was basically it was just like a a yeah. brute force well, it, you know not that there, there's not a huge <laughs> you know? as big a difference but if you watch old um like Trans Am videos and, and stuff like road car racing videos from the 60s and 70s, back when the Mini Coopers, the original Mini Coopers were racing. It's hilarious because you'll uh-huh. see them racing against things like Ford Mustang Trans Am cars, and they will get yeah, an yeah, absolute yeah. drop <laughs> on the straight. Powered away. And then the Mini, and then the Mini <laughs> Cooper through the corners would catch up because it was so much more agile. Uh, and it's kind of a yeah, similar away. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, that that experience was very phenomenal. cool. And then we also drove Tycon GTSs. Yeah. We only did what, three. What did you think about? I mean, obviously, you and I, we've taken, we took the GT3 RS and the turbo out on the back yeah. roads. And, you know, yeah, I remember, you know, obviously it's naturally aspirated versus instantaneous right. torque. But, like, the, the turbo, the way I built mine, it hid the weight really well. Like, not completely, but, but it, yeah, it, 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 cloistered it reasonably yeah, and, well but out on a natural track what what was your you know what was your so thinking? we did we only did three laps because they 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 wanted us to really spend our the majority of our time in the sports cars yeah but they wanted us yeah. to give an idea of, of what you know the tycons were about and what they could do dynamically and again and again keep keep in mind this is the first generation right. and it's those internal combustion engine cars you've been driving for been 60 70 tuned. years for freaking yeah. yeah, exactly yeah I mean, yeah yeah the, so we're talking about a 5000 pound car it weighs basically the same as yeah, like exactly. an F250 it's a whale yeah. um that being said <laughs> the only it held a line incredibly well uh the stability was phenomenal i mean for a car that weighs that much how little body yeah. roll it had was really amazing yeah. frankly the only the only issue I had with it, it they, so all the GTSs mm-hmm. that we had also had carbon ceramic brakes, and okay. the brake pedal felt terrible in terms of feel yeah, and yeah, feedback. Yeah, so, so like yeah 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 for whatever yeah. reason and I lo- I want to oh, please do please I do speak to that momentarily yeah. because so my I don't know obviously. There's complexities going on here. A lot of com- what? What day did you drive these as well? It was in the wet. It was today. Dry. Okay, so it's really it's really interesting you say this. Um, I had to take my turbo up to the dealership um, because I got some very strange brake travel. Mm-hmm. And so, what's going on with the Tycon is actually really is fairly complicated with the braking because you're relying on regenerative braking mm-hmm. to do a large part of the braking, but then you're actually, re- you're also relying on physical braking. If you kind of exceed those limits of regenerative mm-hmm. braking or if the battery's too yeah. full and there's nowhere to put the yeah. energy. Now the problem is depending on the brakes and when you drive the car, the brakes have to um, get used to some extent to wear down the surfaces. Yeah. And so sometimes when I would start my car on a really cold day, the Tycon's like, okay, you haven't driven it in a couple of days. We're just getting started. You are 100% physical mm-hmm. braking. And so it, it, it just doesn't even let you use the regen. Mm-hmm. And in the wet and the cold, 
it could get a little bit squirrely. Yeah. And in particularly in the wet, interestingly, you say this, there's a, um, uh, a National Highway Transportation Safety Bulletin out right now with a number of people complaining that in the wet, um, the brakes are definitely not doing what you want them yeah. to do. I had a lot of weird brake travel mm -hmm. in mine, and they I took it up to the dealership. They had it for a week. You know, one one of the, this had kind of been a minor theme that some people had brought up on the forum, but you'd basically like get this like huge freaking brake travel, yeah. and then all of a sudden they would grip like a son yeah. of a bitch, and you're just like, what in the hell is yeah. going on? Well, they they rebled my brakes. You know, they uh, re you know, put fluids in, they swapped out the master cylinder. And by the time they had done all mm -hmm. of that, it was back to the car. I remembered it being when I first bought it, which was like super punchy, really? super sharp breaking. It was great. But, but there's something at play yeah. here, I think that needs to get sorted. And cause I remember reading in a bunch of video reviews that they were basically like, Porsche has nailed the blend with blended braking yeah. and i was like i don't think they have no, I, i'm not but it's I'm, it's a it's a condition that when like the car comes off the production line and early in its life it's not a not an issue yeah. but as like the car ages and it finds in. itself in conditions that are cold yeah. or particularly in the wet which is what this bulletin is based around people are seeing basically unexpected behavior yeah i and so I, I think there is more to do to sort. I, I mentioned it to the instructor and without, before I even <clears throat> explained it, like what I was feeling to him, he was like, I know exactly what you mean. He's like, let me guess. He, when he you knows. Yeah, exactly. start braking, you get about a half second delay between your input and the brakes yeah. actually biting. Exactly. And I was like, that's exactly it. Exactly. Um, yes, exactly. And I, and I, and all I can say to that is, like, when I first got my car, it didn't do yeah. that. And that condition evolved over sure. time. And so Maybe the I don't know. Bed in, the calipers um, bed in and things <clears throat> change a little bit. Or... I, yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, the carbon ceramics and the wet conditions are not a great combination for this, like, hybrid. Because right. if you think about it, like... I remember when they redid the Turbo S uh, Cross Turismo version, they were talking about how those things could regen up to like 270 kilowatts, which is a ton of freaking mm -hmm. energy, which means these, which is kind of why on this rebuild of the Cross Turismo that I'm doing, like I'm, I'm not even interested in, you know, carbon ceramics or the surface coated brakes because you never right. use them. You don't even use the brakes yeah. on these things. Yeah, no, I agree. But the fact that like they are completely unused most of the yeah. time in your city driving is you're really relying on software to basically say, okay, you need to use right. these brakes. And if the first time you're using them, it's you know 15 degrees out or wet yeah. as hell, it's not. It doesn't behave in the way you're accustomed to, and it can be really yeah. jarring. Really it was. Jarring. I mean, I, I would. Having gotten fairly used to, I will say, even between types of 911s, it was a bit different. So, like, GTS, yeah. the brake pickup point, you could be 10%, 15% into the, the brake pedal, and you'd already be getting fairly good bite. The Turbo yeah, exactly. S, you had to go yes, a little exactly. bit deeper before you felt like you are getting the same yep. bite. The Tycon, you had to go yeah. even deeper. Yeah. and 
that that alone first so like i wasn't really expecting that so the first turn that we did heartbreaking on i was like yeah yeah that little half second of like i don't know if this is gonna do the amount of breaking i needed to do was enough to slow me down for the next three corners because i just didn't trust the brakes yeah yeah yeah. on a track like this you really rely on the brakes a lot more than your engine quite frankly i i mean i remember like driving to work one day and i basically was on the brakes and then off the brakes coming up to a car behind me and then back on the brakes and all of a sudden I had this massive brake oh, travel and nothing was happening. And I was like, out. Oh my yeah. God, I'm going to freaking rear end this yeah. car. And I remember taking it up to the shop, like as that kind of condition got mm-hmm. worse and it started making, there was a guy on the forum that called it like a goat chatter. It was like a, like the sound a goat makes. And it was like a weird, something mm-hmm. was wrong and basically i took it up to the shop and the shop it almost sounds like abs like, was, I was like, like i don't i don't to make that yeah. noise and i was like i don't know if you guys are going to be able to replicate that and then i remember um justin texted me back and was like holy shit you probably should not have done oh that really that. Oh. <laughs> and he was like you we're gonna get this fixed but yeah. uh and 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 the thing about it is like Obviously, that's a very complex right. system. You know, a lot of interplays. You're dealing with lots of different conditions. This is kind of a new hybrid braking technology, right. and you're asking it to operate in super different environments: super hot, super humid, wet, freaking freezing yeah. cold, different. And then, of course, you know, we don't even use this, the same freaking brakes. There's carbon ceramic. Yeah. Uh, surface coated brakes there's steel brakes and so you've got like these infinite variables Mm -hmm. that when a car manufacturer you know builds a new car takes it out into testing and you you know they they put a million miles Mm -hmm. on them it's like well yeah but the testing was done over a year now this fleet is aging into year Mm -hmm. four we're starting to see the evolution of things that maybe were unexpected like well, we use this fluid because we thought mm-hmm. this, and you know, there for some reason we get micro bubbles right. in it, and we've got to bleed brakes all the time. Like kind of unexpected things, I think, are yeah. occurring. It's, it's and, still more early adopter uh, issues, really. Yeah, basically it is. And um, there's there's a number of people that have you know complained on the forum to the point that it's gone to a, a safety yeah. bulletin, and uh, it's I don't. I'm not sure what the fix is at this point. Like it, it, you know, once they kind of had my car for two weeks mm-hmm. sorting that, it came back yeah. and it was fine, and I never had the issue again. But you know, another two years down the road, maybe these things right. loosen up. So what I would say, you know, to you is out. It would be interesting one to see what that what your experience would would have been like in the GTS and yeah. the dry. And then it would have been interesting to know what your experience in that GTS would have been like with a car that was kind of like newer sure. off the factory versus these cars that are probably older and right. beat on uh, for a while. Yeah, but, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I completely know what you're talking about, and I, I know exactly. The other, yeah, and it's kind of interesting that the instructors were also like, "Oh yeah, we totally know." And it's like, well, you know, maybe you guys I know. Get that I, well, you know, the thing is, like, for them, I don't know if they they may just think that that is how 
the Taycan works. I mean, they don't, they, they live with these cars insofar as they drive them on track, but they're not <clears throat> driving them to Costco yeah. and seeing that there's an issue. Yeah, they're not daily driving um, them. The yeah. other thing that was interesting yeah. with the Taycan is I still find it unsettling and actually makes it kind of hard to judge uh, for speed uh, with the lack of noise. Yeah, it's quiet. Um, it's interesting you say that I, like, because somebody t- else basically mentioned the exact yeah. same thing. Because you lose that that oral. It's, an, it's a key. It's literally an audio cue. I mean, it's. I I couldn't tell you the speeds <clears throat> I was doing necessarily at certain parts of the track, but I knew how the engine sounded. Yeah. So I knew. Well, that's like I've said to you with the with the turbo. I mean, like it. It's literally a bank yeah. bolt. You know, and so when when I'm on the back roads letting it rip, it's like there's no sense of That's speed. exactly right. There there's no wind noise. Right. The the Hans Zimmer soundtrack right. sounds exactly the same. Right. You have you look down and you're yeah. like, Oh my on, God, we're about yeah. to break the well, sound and on, barrier. And on track, <laughs> that's a real issue when you're, you're I know. <laughs> you need to have as much as much feedback about your speed as possible to know. Oh, I, I'm actually going into this corner too hot. I I need to break earlier. Yeah, I need to trail break more to get a little bit more speed off. You know, and I think I think what you're bringing up is a is a great suggestion for future EV sports mm-hmm. cars, especially with things like you know the 718 that's getting reimagined as a uh, right. EV. And as as some of these other, I don't know exactly if they're going to offer an electric version of the 911 mm-hmm. someday, but that type of feedback is really critical. So whatever sound suite or environment you want to choose for this yeah. sports car, it does need to have some of that dynamic feedback, like where you're at, you know, what your braking is, what your mm-hmm. speed is, how quickly your velocity is right. changing and incorporate that into some change in the acoustic yeah. suite so that you do have yeah. that feedback. Because I think even outside of the track on a back road, that would help us engage a little bit more with these cars, which otherwise, you know, if it's, I don't know what the, I don't know what the sound effect is, but it's basically like this like repeating yeah. loop that basically sounds like it's always right, and increasing. That's, and that's part and of how like, you develop we, emotional We, we need to do better than that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, exactly. And that may be one of the things that's missing. So, so I actually, I think you're, you're really, you're really hitting something that um, they need to spend a lot more time yeah. on in the future, especially like a company like Porsche. Right. I don't care. These about are the enthusiast Kias. cars. I don't care about the Hondas. Like nobody gives a shit what, what they say. You can, you want it, you want it to fart <laughs> all the way up to 60 yeah, miles an hour. Fine. Yeah. No, <laughs> nobody Porsche cares. Is- Porsche needs it. to figure out how to engineer <laughs> motion into their EV. Because here's the thing. It's a $5,000 yeah. car that, that, regardless of that, was actually incredibly impressive on track. This was this car is not meant to do the types of things we were doing to it. And it was yeah. still keeping up. Um, so, I mean, performance yeah. is not an issue. Good deal. It's just... Good to hear. Those like those sort of things, the f- driver feedback in general um, is going to be mm-hmm. really important for their yeah. electric came and their, you know, we rumors, there's a rumor, a story coming out that the next GT2 RS is going to be hybridized. So it's, he- it's going I that agree. direction. I saw that. Um, 
Yeah, so they yeah. got to get that so, sorted. Uh, kind of one last <clears> thing <throat> I'll, I'll mention is uh, we, we didn't get through the rain day without a little bit of drama. So okay, uh, I thankfully it was not my <laughs> drama. Uh oh. Um. So okay, maybe the guys getting on the power more than we should. Yeah. So we were <laughs> we were um. <laughs> You know, even as adults, we're, we're know, still just children. We're still just well, immature. You know, it was, it was one of these things where I don't think it was necessarily his fault, but um, unfortunately, it was actually yeah. one of the guys that I I got to be kind of buddies with during our couple of days here. He's actually an ENT doc from South Dakota uh, here with his mm-hmm. wife and um, super cool. nice guy, super nice guy. Um, he has cool. a 991 uh dot one nine eleven and a first gen Cayman S. Uh, just really Very just cool. a, an enthu- true enthusiast guy. Um so we were out on track in the afternoon and it was a weird day in that like we were we were literally getting uh bands of rain coming through. So it would be heavy. Yeah. Yeah I saw the yeah, pictures so- you 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 took had like literally captured yeah. rain. So you'd have heavy rain for um, ten minutes, and then it would lighten up, and you think you're through, and then another ten yeah, minutes. Yeah. So, anyways, you're talking it's about back. track conditions changing literally lap to lap, and so we're out yeah. there, and uh, going from so turn turn one is a downhill left hand, turn two is this kind of arcing right-hander into a downhill uh which is turn three and then turn four you're kind of coming up that hill this hill and you crest it's a blind hill crest that goes into a straightaway right so usually going up to turn four in that hill you're staying to the left of the track that's where they wanted us but between lap we did um before and the lap where the incident happened um there a uh, standing water developed on the left side of the track at the top of turn four um so my group we went through it and the guy in front of me he got <clears throat> his rear end he caught it his rear end got real squirrely um and i was lucky yeah. in that i was i had already straightened out from the turn and was and was on not hard gas but just steady gas at that point I got a little bit of wheel spin and that like I could hear my RPMs kick up all of a sudden because you're, you know, yeah, you yeah. wheel spin and it's what the engine does. So, Friction yeah, the so I, you know, my RPMs <laughs> kicked up, so I knew I got some wheel spin, but I didn't get out of shape at all. Um, but the group behind us, so we were mm-hmm. in career GTS is the group behind us were in the turbo S's uh, taking their turn with them. Mm-hmm. And this guy had not gotten his wheel straightened back out, was back on power and yeah. hit the standing water. Back mm. in, came out, he spun oh, no. and uh, and ended up making contact with one of the guardrails. Um, he was mm. totally fine. Some, you know, looks like predominantly cosmetic damage to the car. He was very happy that he opted okay. for the extra okay. liability insurance, uh, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, but it just goes to show you, you know, having how tricky it can be the lap to lap, the changing conditions. Yeah. Um, 
Well, especially if you're not like driving the car in those kind of conditions or driving the car. Right, you're not tweet, used to it. You know, where you can get a sense of like some sense of the right. limit, like I've got to be pointed in the right. right direction. And if, you know, I mean, because because probably like it's it's not even something maybe at that speed and that power that you can even like instantaneously re- react yeah. to and correct. It's like no, it's I, already too late if to you're on it. And the turbos. Yeah, are I talked to him afterwards. He yeah. said, "I, I was, you know, my back was in front of my front before I knew, you know, what had happened. Basically, yeah. what the yeah. hell was going on? God, that's yeah, I mean, scary. I mean, that's kind of what I thought, though. Like when you sent me those pictures, I wasn't kidding when I said to you, like, I was like, okay, that's yeah, getting I, canceled. I mean, I would. I mean, I don't know how you handled that, but I was like, you're you're gonna give me a nine eleven turbo S and have me yeah. drive around in the wet." Like, are no, you guys on drugs? I, you know, I think we we're all a little bit intimidated by it because we, I was, I was really lucky. I didn't, you know, I think most people here had this, had the right attitude. Certainly the folks that were in my run group were, we were, we all wanted to kind of push ourselves a little bit, but we all had a healthy respect for the car and its capabilities. Yeah. And, and we actually, it was kind of fun. We were actually in a very, my run group was actually, I think one of the fastest run groups because we would get out there and, and they would staggered start us and we would routinely end up passing, you know, the seven eighteen group, one of the other nine eleven groups. Mm-hmm. Um we passed one time we passed yeah. the Turbo S group, which felt really good. Um but uh <laughs> you know and so I think you know there were certain things you just knew better than to do, like on the front straight where there's yeah. standing water in the dry, obviously your yeah. foot to the floor and Let's see how fast we can go. Yeah. But we Let all, work, none of know. us were, you know, on more than 50%. No nonsense. Yeah. Um, and so I mm. think that was kind of what kept us out of trouble, too, is one, our instructor putting an appropriate pace for us. And two, everybody, no one trying to be a hero. We're all just, you know, trying to learn how to drive this, you know, yeah. safely and, and quickly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, man, <laughs> it so was. Cool. Oh, well, I'm yeah. glad he's okay. I'm yeah. glad it wasn't a horrific yeah, no. wreck or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah it was. It, you know, it, it worked out at the end of the day. But you know, I got to say, it was a phenomenal course. Um, and the the their yeah. progression from day to day. That was sounds really like good. a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I think you'd love it. Honestly, yeah. I I would. I, okay, that's. Yeah, I was going to ask you. It's not okay. the cheapest thing in the world, but. For what you get, which yeah. is a ton of track time in very expensive cars. Yeah, and it's not in your car. It's not right. your tires. I mean, like you're, you know, you're not having to pay the insurance. The thing. You know, when you, you know, factor, insure, in, you know, specifically. I was talking to my wife about this when I factored in cost of the track day insurance when I did the Road America course. It was actually not that much more expensive. You know, mm-hmm. aside from having to pay for a flight. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that the education I think is probably at a higher standard than Road America is. Um, yeah, the allure for Road America yeah. is you get to drive the big course, you know, and and see that. Yeah, the exactly. Teaching, like, yeah, the teaching here I think fun. is is better. Um, the track is really fun and it has a great flow to it. Um, and and there is a real flow because, like I said, you don't have very long straightaways. So you're it's 
mostly corner yeah. to corner to corner to corner. the next turn. Um, and, uh, and the instructors don't, don't mess around. Like yesterday in the afternoon session when it was sunny, we were getting very quickly to a point where I was like, I'm kind of reaching my limit of what I feel like I can do. Um, Jesus. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but knowing that the car can go faster, I just need to get over the mental block of, of you know, and Man. so and I, I yeah, would say, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were actually quite a few people in my course who had never done a performance driving school. So it's not like you'd be like behind okay, the curve, okay. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I I think I'd like to follow in your footsteps and take the T out yeah. to Road America, you know, and kind of start there. Obviously, there's going to be added complexity with the manual and stuff, so I won't yeah. be like you know playing any lap times hey, yeah, yeah. a hero, but uh, certainly would be uh, pretty engaging. And then it's you know it's like a it's a little bit more approachable with it being a longer kind of yeah. higher speed course uh, a little it's bit a, closer it's a beautiful super and, you know, kind of maybe, track but it, it's it's probably a better one yeah. to start out on in some ways because it's not really as complex yeah 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 as this thing sounds so maybe you know i think you probably did it in the right yeah. order um we'll follow those footsteps and drag the wife <laughs> yeah. and children along <laughs> put them up in a you know a water yeah. park or something actually, i mean <laughs> the part of birmingham where it is is actually very pretty and there's where the hotel is there's little shops cool. and restaurants and stuff so um but yeah it was very cool definitely worth doing um the car control element you, you sweet i i feel like i learned a ton do you do you think do you think do you think you will go back to do some of the higher level courses or do you so, think like you'll call it quits I, with this? Or so anything? they have, uh, the next course for me would be masters, which is, um, I believe a three day course. Um, and then they have a masters RS and then a masters RSR. Um, and th Ooh. those are like, I think the masters, RS is also three days, but then RSR is four days. And we're talking like when you get to that level, they're doing like okay. they've got incorrect yeah, 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 yeah. They're looking at your, you know, throttle input, your brake input, every corner, and comparing it to what the coaches are doing. I mean, it's much more detailed dialing it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they also do a yeah. lot more stuff about like, you know, here's how you do pass maneuvers on track. Here's, you know, track etiquette and Things like that, and and so mm -hmm. masters. The real jump from what I did for, to <clears throat> masters is you in masters. Mm -hmm. You are not doing lead follow. You're out on track by yourself with other cars. Oh, okay. And mm -hmm. the instructors are at all okay. the different corners, mm -hmm. and they're basically taking notes on what you're doing and where you can improve. But you're not. Okay. You're 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 basically out there choosing your own line, doing you know, no one's setting the pace for you. Gotcha. Um, so that's the big leap that hmm. I would be making. Okay. Would I want to do it? Absolutely. Yeah. Will I do it? Probably not because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, I know, I know it's expensive. <clears throat> I mean, I think if you and I, yeah, it's expensive. And you know, if you and I had an accessible yeah. track nearby where, you know, like every four weeks or every three weeks out in the summer, mm -hmm. we can get out there and get some lap times in and think about our lines and know what our times were before and make an effort yeah. to improve like there there would right. be a real advantage but it's kind of the like part of like the limitation of our use case at least where yeah. we're at and where we live 
is that um, it's it's not as right. as accessible to to do something like that where you can really like oh, yeah. own it and kind of you know then you know walk away right. for a month or three weeks and think of reflect on it and then be like okay this is what right I'm well do and the instructor time, said you, you know, know they they recommend frustrating for most folks if you want to go up to masters try and do it within a year of doing this course and that if if you go more than a year or two sure. without Makes either doing sense. this course or some other driving school or, or track work come back yeah. and do this course you should start over um because it's really yeah. having to brush up on the fundamentals again um i think you mm. know quite honestly i just don't think my wife would mm. let me spend the money because because this course is pretty expensive <laughs> the master's course is quite expensive yeah um so <laughs> okay uh, i don't think i could you know fair i'd enough, be having to make enough, some real enough. substantial deals to probably to make it happen <laughs> Uh, but in terms of like, yeah, well, think, you know, we got we got yeah. some work in years ahead of us. Yeah, so who knows? I, maybe, maybe. You know, do I think that <laughs> uh, it would be worth the money? I absolutely do. I mean, it, but it just depends, kind of like what you alluded to. What's your what is the point of what you're doing? For me, yeah, yeah, yeah. this has been yeah, about yeah, learning yeah, yeah. car control, <clears throat> getting to be a better driver, and getting to be involved in a little bit of the racing stuff and understanding better. You know how to yeah. drive on a track is super fun, but the reality is, I'm yeah. I'm not going to go do a bunch of track days. So, you know, yeah, exactly. It starts That's to be pro- reality, yeah. diminishing returns for, for my use case. And yeah, it's beyond ever increasing us. in in expense. Yeah. So, kind of, what's the point? You know, expense. But yeah. this course, I think for sure. Yeah. Just if you're if okay. you don't have to own a Porsche, if you own any car that has pretty high performance envelope it's worth doing for sure cool <laughs> sweet man yeah. oh, that sounds like a lot of fun i'm i'm kind of glad you got stuck in the wet the next day i think it really has allowed you to kind of like surpass yourself in, in ways you yeah. don't expect and um will we'll really kind of be useful on yeah. public roads you know driving the 911 uh, gt3 yeah. rs um, you know, you get caught in the wet or something like that. You can, you know, it just yeah. gives you added confidence. And so I think that was like kind of valuable. I know it in some ways it was probably super uncomfortable, but in a, yeah. in, in other ways it was kind of oh, like it, a great, great it really way was to a blessing grow. In disguise. I, I hate driving the wet. I had, I've had a couple of bad experiences in the wet when I was younger that I think have just kind of imprinted on me. And it's like, no, I just don't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And this kind of pushed, pushed me. Yeah. To, way outside my comfort zone but in a way that i mm-hmm. i now like like you said if i were to get caught out in the wet uh in in the 911 i know that those michelins despite being you know summer yeah high performance cars, summer performance cars, yeah and i thought it can deal with a little bit water. of water and quite honestly if if i do have a little bit of a wiggle or something mm-hmm. like that I can control it and I don't, I'm not, I know I'm not going to freak out. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know what to do. Yeah. And that's, ex- yeah. to me, that's what you want from any sort of driving school is better prepare me yeah. to deal with the unexpected or the challenging things that I might deal with on the road. Um, you know, and, and yeah. so, yeah, I totally agree. Like 
it really was that was the single most eye-opening thing about the course wasn't speed of the turbo s or going around this corner that it was oh my god like you still can have a ton of car control in the wet i mean and it's and i'm not saying it because i'm some heroic driver i'm like modern abs systems modern traction control systems are so (laughs) freaking good yeah yeah that you know we so when we were driving today we set all we set the systems to wet it will keep you out of trouble. Like there's mm. probably stuff that I did incorrectly that in the background, the computer just fixed yeah, it. Yeah. That it's stored, you know, uh, yeah. pretty incredible. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> but I would, I would encourage anyone cool. that has any interest and, in, and in wants to save their pennies. Like this is a phenomenal experience. So, yeah. Um, so anyways, Very I think cool. we're well over our standard time, but, uh, Certainly a fun discussion. No, that was a good episode, man. That's right. a lot of well, good we'll stuff. Be back. Yeah. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. I cool. think that should coincide with the next GP race. Um, so probably yeah. we'll we'll yeah. chat about that. And um, you know, there's certainly other things that have come up in the last uh, couple of weeks that we wanted to talk about. But we wanted to kind of get this while it's fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um uh, coming off the course today. So yeah, exactly. thank you all so much for listening. Um we really appreciate it. Be sure to check out our uh, Instagram at the Bluff Out Podcast. Uh, be sure to subscribe, rate us, leave reviews, all that sort of stuff. Really helps us um, try and grow the podcast, grow grow the listenership. Uh, and until then, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.